Welcome to Best of Seven presented by The Big Lead. I am Kyle Coster. I'm here with Liam McCune. And we are coming off the greatest weekend of playoff football the NFL has ever seen. Yesterday was a worldwide hangover. Everybody just kind of like wandering around like zombies. Did you see the game last night? Did you see all the games last night? Our picks went three and one. We are now six and four on the postseason overall all year. 132 and 118. That's a winning percentage of 528, a Bruce Arians-like 528. We only have two picks to make this weekend, Liam, but they are big. It's very important for us to get these correct. We're going to dive a little bit deeper than we usually do on them because of time, because we want to give you at least 20 minutes of content this morning. How are you feeling after such a blitzkrieg of spectacular games? Certainly looked like we would be going 4-0 at a certain point this weekend. Yeah, I can't lie. I'm frustrated that I chose to believe in Ryan freaking Tannehill. That was a little bit of a tough, tough one to take. Uh, because otherwise, we were really, we were on the nose about pretty much everything else that happened this weekend. I think, you know, in our podcast last weekend, or last week, I should say, we had a, we were a little bit less bullish on the Niners straight up upsetting the Packers. But obviously, we were on the right track as far as thinking that five and a half points was way too much to give them. And I think that overall, the last two weeks have really set a good foundation. And we have a, we have a good idea of what we're looking at here for the conference championship games. You know, we trusted Ryan Tannehill too much, but we accurately predicted that Joe Burrow was going to have a no good, very bad time against the Tennessee defensive front. We love the Rams. We love Matthew Stafford. Listen to Kyle's most recent podcast on the Kyle Coster show that features a Matthew Stafford victory lap. I'm feeling really excited. The weekend was a whirlwind. I don't anticipate this upcoming weekend being nearly as exciting because I just think that might be impossible, which everybody should start, you know, getting used to. But that doesn't mean these games can't be good, can't be interesting and give us a really good setup for, uh, you know, a high quality Super Bowl. From the betting perspective, I think that both of these lines really point you in a direction. Uh, I didn't have any trouble deciding who I would be taking. So we discussed these two picks and we're both pretty confident. And like I said before, it seems like there's an obvious side or right side to be on. We will put these in order, but let's just say I would say it's more of a 1A and 1B situation as a 1-2. They are both pretty appealing. So I will go first with our number two best pick of the weekend, and that's the Chiefs laying seven points against the Cincinnati Bengals. Patrick Mahomes is a magician. Patrick Mahomes can do anything he puts his mind to. He's like Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. He's an industrious fellow. You give him 13 seconds, he's going to have four left over for a field goal. What he was able to do, what that offense is able to do in a short time frame is just a glimpse of what they can do for 60 minutes on any given Sunday. And I think that you look at this offensive explosion, which has been extremely consistent in recent weeks. You look at back their point totals, the last second half of the season and the playoffs, and you're like, this team is getting off the bus scoring 31 to 34 points on a bad day. Now, 
the same cannot be said about those Cincinnati Bengals, which feel like a team of destiny, which have a lot of good vibes, which have the mojo, which is a team that I would like to see go out there and compete. I mean, I'll be candid. I'm probably rooting for the upset. I tend to pull for the road teams in the NFL playoffs because I think that's a more entertaining product to the neutral observer, but I just don't see it happening. I see this one playing out like so many have before in a big game, whether it be championship game, whether it be the Super Bowl, where you're hoping the underdog comes out and throws a few haymakers and is in the game for four quarters. I don't see that happening. I see the Chiefs easily getting 21 points in the first half. I see them wearing them down. I see a lot of open passes. And I just don't see Cincinnati's offense, which has been really it's been okay. They've been doing enough to win, but it's been really reliant on a kicker. And I'll tell you, there's one maxim in the NFL that I adhere to, and it's you do not beat the Kansas City Chiefs kicking field goals. We saw that Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott was a hero going for it over and over again on fourth down, got 36 points, did everything that he could do, had Josh Allen, which is maybe the 1B quarterback in the NFL right now, still lost. How does Joe Burrow put together an offensive attack that's going to go blow for blow with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the genius. Maybe, I mean, maybe that involves Andy Reid running a lot of that uh, third down tight end option play. Uh, I think that they went ahead and burned that page and buried it under a jail. Future scholars will maintain that it never existed. And I think what will all be better for that experience I just don't see it. Yes, Jamar Chase might be the best wide receiver in the NFL. You put double coverage on him. Sorensen, yeah, can be a liability as a safety. But I mean, I just don't understand how we could be sitting here next Monday morning after like a 38 to 35 Bengals win. I would be truly shocked. I think it's more going to be a 17 to 21 point pasting and kind of a celebration of the Chiefs once again making the Super Bowl. Yeah, there'll be a lot of people this week talking on the television and things who will be speaking about the Bengals win over the Chiefs in week 17 that clinched the AFC North. It was very exciting, big comeback win. That is not going to really be any proof about what is going to happen this week. The Chiefs at that time were still kind of revving up to full capacity, and we obviously saw last night that they are – at 100% right now. Tyreek Hill was not at 100% for that Cincy game. He was kind of stumbling near the end of the regular season, struggling with an ankle injury. And once again, we saw on Sunday night, he's obviously doing 100% fine. And honestly, you know, you talked a little bit about how the Cincinnati Bengals are going to match up with an offense like the Chiefs. And I am slightly less worried about that than I am about the Bengals' defense matching up against the Chiefs. If Joe Burrow comes out and has the game of his life, I think that would be good enough to go blow-to-blow with Patrick Mahomes. But the problem is that there is just absolutely no room for error. You saw how little room for error the Bills had this past Sunday, and they had the number one overall defense in the NFL ranked by DVOA. Their entire roster was constructed to defend a team like the Chiefs, and they still could not do it when it mattered most. I don't see it. The Bengals have a surprisingly good defense this year, but I think their best or their strongest area is against the run. And the Chiefs don't care if you can stop the run. I'm pretty sure Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Jarek McKinnon 
combined for less than like 75 yards against the Bills. They gave up halfway through and just kept throwing the ball and it worked out really, really well for them. The Bengals offensively, I think they're going to make it exciting. I think that in terms of what we're talking about here with the seven point line, there is an ever so slight risk maybe of like a weird backdoor cover where the, uh, the Bengals are down by three touchdowns entering the fourth quarter and Joe Burrow throws a couple bombs to one of his various talented wide receivers. And there are a couple of, you know, two point conversions thrown in there. And this ends up being like a six point chiefs win. But I think it is far more likely that the chiefs come out hot after the insane performance they put on last Sunday night. I think they are rolling early. And I think that unless the Bengals roll with them, then this game is going to be over by halftime. And even if the Bengals roll with them, all it takes is one weird bounce. All it takes is one Joe Burrow mistake, which he is not immune to making, despite how good he's been recently. He is absolutely not immune to that. All it takes is one Chris Jones bursting through the line for a strip sack fumble, and the Bengals are completely done. And that's perhaps the biggest problem of them all that we haven't even talked about yet is that these this Bengals offensive line is porous. And while the Chiefs do not have an elite defense, their best talent resides on the defensive line with Chris Jones. He's an all pro. He's going to make life miserable down there. Melvin Ingram had a great game against the Bills. You know, not sure if you can count on him to be as good as he was that night, but he's good for one or two good pressures per game. Uh, That makes me nervous. I just don't. And especially on top of all that, this is at Arrowhead. Got the Chiefs with their home fans. Again, slight risk of a backdoor cover, but I feel pretty comfortable with the Chiefs winning by at least a touchdown. I'm thinking maybe a 10-point difference. Yeah, a few things. Nick Bolton was awesome on defense uh, in that game. I was really impressed with his effort for the Chiefs. You make a great point about the backdoor risk, as the analytics say that when you – uh, you know, you score when you're down 14, you score a touchdown, you should go for two. That's one thing when a, when a game is seven anymore, seven doesn't mean what it used to, uh, because you could go, you get that team that maybe is going to go for two uh, to get, make it a six point deficit late. I just don't think it's going to even be a problem. I guess I am more in the mindset that it's going to be a 20 point lead at, at some point, like a 35 to 13. And I just don't think that there's a way Cincinnati's going to be able to stop the Mahomes offense, even if they're trying to do like some ball control stuff, they will be able to do it. The crowd element, another huge thing too. The Bengals had that wild home fanatical base for their opening round win. And then they went to Tennessee and yeah, that was, they have a good fan base, but you watch that game and it was eerily quiet. It wasn't amped up to oblivion. Imagine how fired up this Chiefs fan base is going to be after what we just saw on Sunday. I don't think that they're going to have a letdown. Like they think that they are a team of destiny and Patrick Mahomes is well on his way to usurping basically what is a dynastic crown, I think, from Tom Brady in the NFL overall. Maybe a conversation for a later podcast. So that leaves one pick left on the board, Liam. With no further ado, give it to me. Here it is. I love the Niners plus three and a half over the Rams. I think that this is a very, very, it's a lot like you said at the beginning of the podcast, Kyle, where they're trying to point you in one particular direction. And the obvious direction is for the third week in a row, 
to bet on the Niners as underdogs. The three and a half point line means that a last second field goal for either side means the Niners would cover. And I think it is super likely this game comes down to that. Now, the Niners, on top of, you know, covering aside, the Niners have beaten the Rams the last six times. They have met each other six times. The Rams have not won a game against the 49ers since 2018 when they went to the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of narrative implications that come along with this. But in terms of what we're talking about here, the Niners have the Rams number. They know how to attack the Rams defense, and they know how to defend Sean McVay's offense. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously the big wild card as always, and having Von Miller and Aaron Donald kind of at full speed right now, they terrorize Tom Brady, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be able to handle that nearly as well. If they bring the same kind of heat the next day, then, you know, we're who knows what will happen. But I think overall what we're betting on here is for this to be a close game in some capacity that ends around the final play. Given the history between these two teams, four of those six uh, Niners wins were one-score games, and two of them were last-second field goals. You know, that's a pretty good bet. Underdog money is good money. You know, money line, money line, money line is a different discussion. I think money line, you know, you can make an argument that the Rams really excising some demons this postseason. They have a, you know, they're going through all the obstacles. The Niners being the last one is kind of a great storyline. It would make a lot of sense if the Rams won and went to the Super Bowl after defeating their division rival, you know. But another factor that we mentioned on the big lead this past week, the Rams are nervous. The Niners are going to make this home playoff game in air quotations, a Niners home playoff game. I just don't think there's really anything lining up here for the Rams to have a blowout win, even with Jimmy Garoppolo doing his standard Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. I do think that there are multiple paths in which the Niners end up within a couple points as time ticks off the clock, or they end up even winning and forcing the Rams to make a comeback win that ends in the last second field goal, much like what we saw last week against the Buccaneers. That's pretty much what it comes down to for me is that there are way more universes in which the Niners either win or make it really, really close than other universes where the Rams are winning by a couple touchdowns at the end of the game or even just one touchdown. Yeah, I think for me, this one is actually pretty simple, and it's I wouldn't take any team three and a half over the Niners at this point, including the Chiefs. Maybe if the game was in Kansas City, that's a conversation we could have. But even then, I think I would be leaning toward the Niners because – I just watched them win a football game that they had no business of winning. Like that was a miracle. Their offense did nothing. They stunk. They got a blocked field goal. They got a blocked punt. They're going to find a way, if not to win, to be in there, to fight like hell, to take every single ounce out of the opponent to make them earn it. They're not going to give this game away. They really aren't. I don't care how bad Garoppolo plays. Like we're looking at a team that in three consecutive weeks, I believe they have road victories of just enormous proportions against really good football teams. They just beat the Rams at SoFi. Like we talked about, they went down to Dallas, beat a team that I think could have won the NFC. They won at green Bay. Like I'm not so sure they're not the best team left. That's not the chiefs. Now I am picking the Rams to win, 
And I do think that Matt Stafford is going to continue to be really good. And I guarantee you he will play better this weekend than Aaron Rodgers did last weekend. That's a promise. That's a promise. I'll quit if he is, if he plays worse, if he, if he scores fewer than 10 points, this is my promise. Yeah. I I will step away from the site. It's not happening. It's going to be a fantastic game. It's going to be a dog fight. I just have so much respect for Kyle Shanahan's ethos for the scheme that they run. This is a team that has really got me to love it. Like, I don't, I don't think I liked the Niners very much when they made the Super Bowl. I was rooting for the Chiefs. I just didn't really get it. They've worn me down. What they've been able to do with that quarterback is so impressive. Debo Samuel is an unbelievable talent to watch, but it's the decision-making to just put the ball in your best playmaker's hands as much as possible, no matter where they line up. That is something that I really respect. And that's born out of the desire to just win football games. You do whatever it takes to win. And I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to do that. The home field advantage will not be in existence. So any type of sway you might've previously done because of that, you eliminate that. And I think if they're playing a toss up game, three and a half points for this team, which is battled, which is the hottest in the world outside of the one in Kansas city is the way to go. I am still rooting for Stafford. Do not get me wrong, but I think that this is easily the line that this is easily the side that you need to take. Yeah, this is the easiest, you know, if you're thinking about what the Niners have done over the last couple of weeks, this is by far their easiest playoff game. You know, going to Dallas and playing the Cowboys at Jerry World isn't easy for numerous reasons, not the least of which the design of the stadium hampers good play. But that's a tough, you know, that's a tough plane ride. That's a tough home environment. Then you go into one of the very best and most difficult environments to play football in January at Lambeau Field. And it affected them in all the obvious ways. They didn't score a touchdown on offense, but that didn't matter. They still found a way to get it done. Now all they got to do is take a quick flight down from San Francisco to Los Angeles and play at a stadium that's probably going to be at least 30% Niners fans it's really hard not to like the three and a half line. Those are our picks for conference championship weekend. It will be a bit of a letdown. We're assured of that, but hopefully the football is spectacular. Maybe I I'm really looking forward to one of these games. I, I do have the fear that Bengals, Chiefs is going to be a blot. I would love to be proven wrong, but I think the NFC game is going to be an all-timer, great storylines. And I think no matter how the Super Bowl shakes out this year, whatever the matchup is, it's going to be really intriguing. And there's going to be some new blood and interesting storylines uh, to watch there. Those are our picks. Keep reading the big lead.com on your web browser. Listen to my podcast. It's named after me. Keep checking out best of seven. There is a new press pass for you to listen to. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. I love you. Ha, 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 ha.